Welcome to Dom and Dragons, a Dungeons and Dragons campaign where Goats and Dragons plays Dungeons and Dragons with Dominic Monaghan. And dragons. <laughs> dragons, dragons, dragons. <clears throat> Please be warned, this podcast sometimes contains adult situations and language that may not be suitable for children. In fact, we try our best to be unsuitable for people of all ages. You're welcome. All right, and then uh, whenever you're ready, you can jump in. Roll twenty. Okay. And we can we can do some stuff. Just boot it out now. Cool. Yeah. So in a, a session zero, um, which is pretty common for for it, it's something I suggest most people play, uh, you just kind of uh, set up expectations, kind of learn the rules a little bit, uh, just kind of feel comfortable. Um, usually there's a little bit of story then of like what's happening with your character right before uh, you start with like everyone at that point. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty much, yeah, what we'll do today. Cool. Um, I think I'm in a oh, launch game. Here we go. Yeah. All right. I'm in. Beautiful. Yeah. So you should have access to your character sheet, um, which is in the upper uh, right side, it's under the journal tab, and you should see Cryon Fane in there. Yeah, cool. His picture's in there now. Sweet. And uh, if you click on that, you'll have access to all the fun stuff in here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so Dungeons and Dragons is seems like kind of a complicated game, but once you kind of get all the setup, it's pretty pretty simple. Um, yeah, because you, you've you've got it all. Once once you crunch all the numbers, then the yeah, numbers do the work for. You. Pretty much, yeah, yeah, yeah. So so basically, yeah, we'll be we'll be telling the story, and at some point, if you know, whenever you want your character to do something or think of something, you just kind of let me know, like, hey, I'd like to try to do this, or like I'm thinking, like I want to, I want to do this, and right. if it requires a role, then I'll ask you specifically, like, oh, cool, give me this kind of role. Cool. And then in your character sheet is where most of your easy die rolls will come in. Um, for the most part, I'll ask you, like, uh, a skill check in the in that skills section. Like, if I said, hey, cool, make a medicine check to see how long that guy's been dead or whatever. Right. Then you just literally click on the word medicine in that skills thing. And then that'll roll for you. Okay. Nice. Everything. And it adds it all up. Nice. Is this roll 20 thing? Uh, are they in, are they in conjunction with dungeons and dragons or did they just do their own thing? Cause it's all very well synced up with dungeons and dragons. Huh? Oh, they definitely, since dungeons and dragons is kind of the biggest yeah. uh, of these kinds of games. Yeah. There, there's a lot of yeah, like crossover, um, right? But they have a lot of other systems that I've I've not played on here too that are right. here are pretty good. Different games and stuff, yeah. But yeah, it's super streamlined <laughs> because so many yeah, people play now on it. Yeah, it's very very smart, very intuitive. Yeah, uh, you also have a little section for attacks and spell casting. You don't have any spells or anything <clears> yet, but yeah, and. Did you have like a like a weapon you wanted to use, or are you mostly wanting to use just hands and feet and stuff? I think maybe to start, 
yeah. hands and feet. And then depending on what we find, you know, if the rest sure, of sure. the crew have weapons and they don't necessarily need, you know, whatever, a, a pocket knife or a, or a blade, then maybe I could take it at that point. But I think at first it could be kind of cool to be cool weaponless and see where the story takes us. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, so if you make an attack, you'll, uh, like you'll you'll actually click on the name of that attack that you want to use in that section. So I have a dart. Does everyone have a dart? Uh, you'll you'll start with some. Um, people can start with them, but not everyone does. You just right. kind of want something you can throw <laughs> in yeah. case you in case you know if something's flying or something kind of far away from you. Yeah. You want a little bit of ranged. So yeah, you have you have some darts that you can throw, uh, and then mostly your martial attack is. Right, throwing hands at that point. Yeah, nice. And of course, we'll you know when we when when and if we get into a fight at some point, we'll remind you of all that stuff, and uh, it 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 becomes pretty second nature pretty quickly for you. Right, right. And I feel like obviously there's there's much more adept fighters on the crew, so um, that might be more their wheelhouse than than mine. Yeah, the, yeah, because you'll definitely have like the tank position where they just run up to people and take a bunch of damage. And, <laughs> and then you have people that yeah. stay away and do a whole bunch of damage. And uh, you're pretty nicely slotted into do whatever you need to do. Right. Right. A yeah. little bit of both. He's an everyman. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So when you start the show, the first episode, would there be, would there be you kind of setting the scene for quite a while here? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. We're we're gonna. I'll basically kind of describe the town, the the setting, a little bit of like what are the times we're living in, um, and then it's gonna jump pretty quickly into your character, pretty much after whatever happens now. <laughs> cool, so yeah. So, kind of starting at this point, the decisions you make for Cryon affect not only your character but the world around you. Okay, cool. All right, so Cryon, um, at this point, um, you've just come back from, let's say, a, a, a bit of a shady dealing <laughs> that that you just you needed to maybe do in order to to survive. You needed a bit more coin in your pocket. Some people mm. gave you an opportunity. You you took mm. it. You know, you doing what you can here, um, and. Because you have a bit of coin in your pocket, uh, you're probably going to head to the the first place you, you generally head, which is the Beasts of Burden uh, Tavern. Nice. The One-Eyed Beasts. Um, and you're strolling up through this main thoroughfare in town, which is already caked in mud and what what small cobblestones are left in, in the road are, are almost buried anyway. Um, you look around, you see a few guards up ahead of you, uh, members of the Gaholnian army who are occupying the town and the area. Mm. Um, but you know, you've, they don't know you've done anything wrong. So you kind of head on up toward the entrance to the tavern and you pass, a a giant monstrous figure <laughs> here. Who's, who's trying to figure out how to light a cigarette and he's kind of patting himself down and 
You hear him mutter something like he needs a light. But he is about five feet taller than you. He's <laughs> a gigantic creature. Uh, wearing like a, a kind of a muddy, dirty duster. And uh, what we would know now is like a cowboy hat kind of thing. Mm. Uh, and he's got a kind of a furry, bear-like face mm. underneath that. Mm. Uh, he could just kind of like gives you the side eye as you as you walk past him. Do you just want to head into the tavern? Can I help him? Do I have a light on me? I feel like it doesn't seem like in my backpack I have a light, but I could I could maybe t- uh, tell him that I could go inside and find one for him if he if he wants that. Yeah, you you do have what's called a tinder box. Oh, um, a little which old, is, old old fashioned box of matches. Yeah, yeah, it's a real old fashioned kind of way to get a few sparks going there. Yeah, and if you wanted, you probably yeah could could light it for him. Yeah, why why don't I do that? I mean, it's nice to make friends and influence people, especially with people that are five foot taller than me. Why don't <laughs> yeah, just, absolutely. Uh, why don't I just take out my my tinder box uh, light? light the match and, and offer him the fire. Beautiful. Yeah, no, absolutely. You you do that and he has to bend down incredibly low to get down to your two and a half foot, you know, barely three foot frame, basically. Yeah. And he does that and he leans down really low and you light the cigarette and he kind of gives you a, a bit of a thankful and then you know, stands that's what I expected. Yeah, stands up to his full height again and He's already now eyeing the guards in the middle of the street again, seeming to pay you no more mind. Um, that's cool. I, I, w- I don't think I would necessarily push my luck any more than that. I, I would probably head into the warmth of the tavern, I would think, at that point. Fair enough. Yeah, fair enough. All right. Uh, you go ahead and step through the doors of the tavern, um, a place you know pretty well already. Hmm. Um, you see some people at uh, at sitting at the bar. A couple of people to your left at a table, um, who are who are off duty um, soldiers. Mm. Uh, and to your right, uh, you see a couple of what are called kobolds. Uh, they're little, uh, a little smaller than you, even. Uh, kind of tiny dragon people, almost. Mm. They have red scales going across their kind of prolongated maws and they uh they squint at you as you come in they don't look like the friendliest of creatures mm. uh and then there's kind of a, a short-haired uh woman sitting at the bar and the barkeep uh is a, a a lizard person who's quite tall um female mm. uh her name is serenade mm. you see her behind the bar then wiping down some glasses and getting things ready. And what is it you would like to do? Um, well, since this is a place that I seem to have frequented before, is yeah. there, I mean, obviously I'm going to get a drink, but is there is there any opportunity to like see if they have any supplies? Is this a tavern that like sells anything else apart from kind of bread and cheese and beer? Yeah, not not too much. Yeah, you, you definitely have... Uh, wines and beers and and food here um but not too many like equipment sort of supplies that would be down the road a bit okay i'll go sit on one of the barstools maybe maybe not next to the lady but one one across from the lady yeah and i'll order a 
I guess I'll order like a flagon of ale since he's a halfling. They tend to like sure. pints yeah. of ale. Yeah, serenade uh, kind of nods at you as you as you order that and brings over uh, a gigantic mug for you of, of some of the best, some of uh, some of the the best local burden beer. Um, slams it on the counter. Yeah, he can he can definitely handle his alcohol. This <laughs> nice, nice. Yep, puts it on the counter. Boy, love, yeah, that's, that'll be uh, two silver if you have it. Yeah, I'll pass over the money, no problem. And then um, the lady to my right, is she is she just sat minding her own business? Is she having a drink? Is she eating? Is, does she have anything interesting about her, her vibe? Yeah, do you, do you kind of want to glance over secretly and look, or do you just kind of want to stare at her? I don't know about stare. I might be a little nervous to uh, inflame her if she's in a private moment. But like, you know, a little a little clandestine look in between sips of beer just to check her out and see if she's uh, okay. in any way interesting. Yeah. Why don't you give me a perception check? So in your character sheet in the skills section, just click on that word perception. <laughs> What did I roll? Okay. <laughs> you rolled what's called a crit hit on your first roll for the campaign. Oh. Whoa. That is a natural. Would I roll a 20? Yep, the highest you could roll. <laughs> Which wow. brings uh, brings it a total to 22. Um, Cryon, yeah, you are, you are amazing <laughs> at this sort of sideways glance. Like you, you know. You, <laughs> that's very hobbity that is very yeah. hobbity to be able to you know kind of hide in plain sight be perceptive without people knowing you know I love yeah it. it's almost almost uh you're putting you're putting her at ease by the way that it looks like you're not paying any attention to her but you've you've got it down so that you know you know at the bottom of this glass it's it's got a, a, a clear glass bottom so as you tip up this giant mug you can seemingly look straight through it kind of at her and actually this is this is this is such a good role you see that not only is she looking at you she's also trying to be sneaky about it mm. you you actually catch her um who's who are, seems very good at this to also be watching you sneakily She's trying to beat me at my own game a little bit. It appears so, but uh, you are pretty sure, not only do you see this, you're pretty sure you did it so easily that she did not notice you do this. Nice. So I got her number a little. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So, yeah, what would you like to do? Um, okay, she's looking at me. I'm looking at her, but she doesn't really know. Um, what if I buy her a drink? Um, just have the barmaid send over whatever she's drinking, send over another one of those drinks for her. Okay. Yeah, Serenade kind of nods uh, at that and and brings over a a fairly large shot of some sort of whiskey, it seems, and places it in front of of this person Mm. and nods over to you. Mm. Uh, And then she goes back to wiping down some dishes. Yeah, does it feel like is she did that did that annoy her or is she kind of tickled by <clears throat> that reaction? 
Yeah, she's uh, she she grabs the the drink and slides over one one stool. Hmm. And she says, "Oh, thank you so much for this." Well, what's your name? My name's Cryon. <clears throat> I think I'm going to be honest with her since she seems to be a uh, an observant lady. Um, hmm. um, I'll say something like, with uh, having had a, a long day at work and um, enjoying the warmth of this tavern, I thought I would extend my... Uh, my hospitalities to a fellow traveler and uh, ask her her name. That's very sweet of you. My name is Nine. What brings you to this tavern? Well, that's funny you should ask. I was <laughs> looking for someone, going to meet an old friend here, I think. Hmm. So I think maybe in the spirit of uh, of tr- of trying to be nice and friendly I kind of lean a little closer to her and make her aware of the fact that there seems to be quite a lot of uh, military presence outside the bar and inside the bar indeed I noticed such a thing Uh, are you in trouble with the law at all or do you keep your nose clean do you say no, I'm just um, an honest, friendly traveler, but um, I do have pretty good wits about me and uh, someone traveling on their own like you. It's always it's always worthwhile to just uh, help them out with a little bit of insider information. Everything seems fine for now, of course. Yeah, but yeah. Um, you never know these... <clears throat> I don't know how much experience you've had with these military people, but they can... They can go from zero to a hundred real quick. I would imagine, yes. These are dark times. Seems like war is on every front <laughs> at this point. Mm. You don't happen to know the uh, large gentleman outside smoking, do you? No, I do not. In fact, I'm pretty new to town. Myself don't know a lot of people. Oh, okay. He seems like a friendly sort. Don't don't have his appearances um, mess you up. He's he's a huge uh, gentleman, but um, he he seems like he might be uh, a nice enough guy. Of course, it's hard to tell though. Sometimes this town is filled with unsavory-looking folk. Not yourself, of course. Yeah, of course. Now, how, how long will you be staying in this part of town? Oh, it depends on uh, when I can really get to talk to my friend, I think. Mm, he's, he's imminent. His arrival is imminent, is it? Oh, I believe so. Very, very imminent, yes. Cool. Well, um, it's nice to talk to you. Um, maybe we can uh, continue to in- enjoy the evening. Perhaps, yeah, not to be too forward, and I rarely do this, but I believe there are rooms in the back. Yeah, I I was certainly thinking of (laughs) staying here for the night. Um, Is is this where you were thinking of resting your head as well? Well, I don't know how much resting I was planning on, but a room does sound nice. 
Saucy. Well, um, <laughs> maybe we can uh, ask the barmaid if they have any rooms that you can that you can share. That's a great idea. Okay. Uh, and she'll kind of knock on the the bar, and Serenade will come over. Darling, do you happen to have a room free at the moment? And Serenade. Oh, I think so. I think that's I think that's something I have. Hold on. She looks back. One of the keys is, is definitely hanging on the wall, and she picks it up. And, uh, sure thing. It's uh, the one back straight to the right. Oh, that's that's great. Uh, and Nina seems to just take the key and tap you on the head a little with it and then start walking back <laughs> to the room, uh, pausing at the edge of the bar to see if you're going to follow. Okay, cool. I'll give, I'll give her a little... Um nod and a wink and uh, show her that I've got just a couple of gulps of beer left and we'll be following her presently. All right. Uh, She slips behind the door uh, just over here um, and it shuts uh, behind her. As you then uh, are drinking the last of the beer, uh, the two kobolds kind of quickly get up from their seat and kind of uh, jump on the stools on either side of you and uh, one of them leans in close to you and I hear you're good at at buying drinks for people wondering if you won't do it with with old Skid here buy me a drink that is Hmm. I think I kind of fake rattle my pockets as if to signal that I'm not not made of money and just kind of shrug my shoulders and say, sorry lads I'm, uh, I'm actually heading to bed uh, heading to bed huh, well maybe uh, you leave your coin purse here with us and uh, you head on back and the one on the other side of you kind of pushes you a little bit they're uh, clearly trying to intimidate you, it seems. Okay. Um, he's quite spry, right, Cryon? Oh, yeah, um, quite. I think I'd take a, a, a swift kind of jump off my stool, gain some distance from them. Okay. And uh, and maybe... I don't know what I would do there. I mean, it's one guy <laughs> against two. Um, maybe just say, you know... is. Is there a problem here? Do we do we have an issue? All right, yeah. You you slide off and very quickly uh, step back a few feet, um, yeah. finishing your beer then and <laughs> setting it kind of on the the table there. Yeah, of course. Next he's, got, to you. he's got priorities. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah and as you as you sort of say, like, is there a problem here? Um, why don't you give me? Why don't you give me a dexterity check? So in your character sheet, um, all the way on the left are the skills like intelligence, dexterity, and stuff. Just click on the the word dexterity there, just straight up. You rolled a nineteen for your dexterity there. Yeah. Nice. Uh, cool. So yeah, you you uh, if you wanted to, you could flip off of the bar stool. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Okay. Maybe just scare scare them a little bit with the yeah, with an uh, acrobatic flip and maybe get myself into a little bit of a stance and maybe intimidate them. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. You stand up on your bar stool, 
kick off the bar itself and flip in the air, not spilling your beer at all. You drink the last bit of it, set it on the table next to you. Yes. That's sufficiently enough that the they're just wide eyed at this point. <laughs> you like, oh, sure. <laughs> yeah. You scared them with how quick and nimble you are. Nice. They immediately kind of turn to the bar and are trying to save face by ignoring you. Nice. Nice. You definitely caught the attention of everyone else in the bar <laughs> as you did that. Yeah. And the guards are kind of looking over at you, but one of them just kind of nods like that was pretty cool. Hmm. And then they go back to their conversation as well. Nice. So I, I think maybe it would probably probably be smart to make a little bit of a uh, an exit at this point. Just kind of you know finish my beard, dust down my uh, yeah, dust down my cape, and, and head off to bed with my new lady friend. <laughs> All right. All right. So uh, you step back into uh, into this hallway. Go knock on her door, I guess. Sure, yeah, knock on the door, uh, which is the one just to the right here. Yeah. Uh, as you're going down the hallway. Um, she opens it up uh, and immediately lets you come in. You step into the room. Uh, it's a it's a it's pretty simple little tavern room. Nothing extremely nice. Mm. A couple chests in the corner. Um, the beds are... The beds are a little cheap, but you know, beds, which are nice. Mm. She goes ahead and, and sits on uh sits on one of the beds and you actually see her kind of re- remove her shoulder piece uh, of her tunic. Then a little bit, it slides down mm. and she's kind of smiling at you. And she, uh, she actually turns her back to you and uh, lowers kind of the the back end of the tunic and you're like oh goodness damn she's just, she's just she's already going forward here yeah yeah she's keen and then you see it you see something that the the initial feeling is is fear mm. because what you see is tattooed on her back is the kind of spiraling symbol of your monastery. It is kind of a a spiral that almost looks like a wave crashing. And at this, she pulls her tunic back up, buttons up again, um, and turns to you and says, Mr. Cryon Fane, perhaps we should talk. I'm all ears. I don't think I sit. I think I stay standing close <laughs> okay, to the Okay, right by the door, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, you know, I, I'm, I'm keen to hear what she's got to say. I mean, I, I still think I'm, uh, yeah. I can handle myself at this point. All right. Uh, as you probably recognize, I am a representative from the Monastery of the, the Broken Wave, which is the monastery that you were exiled from mm. um, which you, you've had you know good feelings of like good thoughts of you um, it's just been a while and you did not leave on amicable <laughs> terms yeah. um, and you're a little worried that 
she's here to bring you in or something like that. But um, right. she continues talking and says, if it's at all your desire to rejoin your brotherhood, I may know an avenue through which this may happen. Um, I think I, I would want to kind of garner a little bit more information as to her loyalties since, um, the reason why I left the monastery was was because of an issue with the head abbot mm-hmm. shaman guy. So yeah. I might inquire who is still running the monastery. Oh, I'm uh, I'm afraid it is still Abbot Frey, who you definitely had some run-ins with there. Um, yeah. There are many who wish I wouldn't even speak to you. But uh, I find myself in a, a bit of a pickle, and your help may be greatly appreciated and certainly go a long way to easing over some of your troubles. Um, well, the reason why I still have faith in the Order is because of the teachings that I learned there, but the the issue that I have is with the abbot. So, um, indeed, I don't think I'm heading back to the monastery anytime soon. But it's it's always it's always a wonderful experience to meet someone who's who's gone through the same experience that I have. Have you have you left the monastery as well, or are you still a member? I'm still a member. In fact, I'm here on some monastery business. Hmm. Not you, of course. I, When I found out you were in town, I thought I might be able to uh, use your help with something. Uh, something else entirely. Well, I'd be more than happy to help if, uh, if it benefits the both of us. Indeed, I think it would. Uh, I was sent here to locate an individual and see what information they had and most likely to then kill them. As you know, our monastery has several very, very important artifacts in our possession, one of which... Um, the music box. Mm. Someone figured out where that might be. And I have reason to believe that that someone is in town right now. What I need is to figure out what they know. And if they know anything in particular, uh, to make sure that they are not able to tell anyone anything. However, I've also found myself in a bit of trouble with the Gaholnian army, and uh, I cannot stay in town really any longer. But, if you don't mind doing a bit of a favor for an old monastery mate, if you don't mind looking for this person, keeping an eye out, it would be greatly appreciated. 
think I have the ability to be quite observant and perceptive without anyone else knowing. So if you want to give me the information about that person, any kind of noticeable characteristics that I might be able to spot, then of course I'll help you. When when were you thinking of leaving town? Well, if you agreed to help me, um, right now, actually. Uh, I am pretty sure that the tavern is getting a bit more filled with guards anyway. I don't know if you can hear it, but they're making a bit of a commotion in there. Yeah, it's getting late, and they, they do tend to get a little rambunctious time. Yeah. I'm, I'm fine to, to leave now. Just uh, just lead on, and I'll, I'll go with you. Actually, I need you to stay. Uh, oh. I'm going to leave town, but for something entirely different. And if you wouldn't mind keeping an eye out for this person, that would be excellent. Okay. That sounds great. When when would I see you again, do you think? I'll find you. Okay. Copy that. The target's name is Kalia. Kalia. She helps run a, an apothecary in town. She also seems to have had a run-in with the Gohomian army recently and either has gone into hiding in town or has been captured already. What I need from you is to find out what she knows about the music box. And if she knows anything at all, you need to kill her. Does that understood? Understood. Yes. Um, I'm not sure if the apothecary will be open at this time, but maybe tomorrow after I sleep. And you also said there's a chance that she might be in in a cell somewhere? Perhaps. Okay. She's not at the apothecary now, currently. Okay. I will I will do my best. Yeah. I trust I trust you. Perhaps I shouldn't. There are many that say I shouldn't. But I can see it in your eyes. Your beautiful green eyes. Well, thank you. I also think, you know, it's it's worth keeping in mind that, you know, some people have their own biases about people and I don't necessarily think the uh the abbot has been entirely honest about my leaving the monastery. But that's a different story for a different time. Well, your help would go a great way into convincing others of that fact, yes. It would be my honor. Uh, And at this, without another word, she leans in, kisses you on the forehead, uh, unlocks the door behind you, and slips out into the hallway. All right. Um, you hear her uh, going down the hall and opening the door. She's probably in the wind at this point. What was it that you would like to do, Cryon? Well, that's a that's a heady amount of information. Um, do I do I know this town quite well? Decently, yeah. You've you've uh, you've been in Burden at least at least a few weeks, if not a few months. You basically uh, in town know most everything even with the changes that the army has made you kind of know where everything is yeah uh if you wanted to yeah you could 
head out the tavern door and start looking around if you wanted. Yeah, why don't we slip out of the tavern door and, and see if we can make our way over to the, the prison cells? All right. Yep, you dip back in the hallway. As you uh, as you then enter the tavern proper, uh, you do see that uh, a few more guards have definitely entered the area. Right. And as you as you come in, uh, a rather large one sort of comes and uh, steps toward you uh, and says, "We're looking for a short-haired woman, uh, dark hair. You uh." You seen her around anywhere? No, I, I was actually just leaving. Um, I uh, I was asked to buy a drink for the the guys at the bar, which I refused to do. So I'm not really feeling the mood in in the tavern. So I'm I'm going to take my leave. I love it. Why don't you go ahead and give me a deception check then in your skill check? Okay. A 20. Oh, again. <laughs> and eight, you rolled an 18 naturally, but then 18. added with your stuff in there. Yeah, 20. You are quite deceptive. Wow, he's having a good early game. This <laughs> he is. You got some good <laughs> rolls here. Um, all right. He he looks over at the barmaid uh, at, at Serenade, uh, who then kind of quickly looks back at her drink. And you wonder if maybe she said something to him. Mm. about who you went in the back with. Mm. Um, but he does seem to believe you for the moment and kind of uh, allows you to pass. Mm. Uh, and as you're sort of going by um, a few of these, uh, one of the guards is is you see kind of looking at a, a, a sheet of paper uh, and it lo- looks like a, a drawing of that woman's face mm. well she's uh she's definitely on the wanted list yeah uh so if you wanted to you can kind of slip out the uh uh the bar area and outside yeah let's 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 head out all right my smoking friend has disappeared That's a shame. he has yeah he's no longer there uh there are a few more guards in in the street still but um, and they do seem to be a little bit more on watch. Mm. Um, and you're not exactly sure where your lady friend got to. Mm. Um, but you kind of then step into the middle of the street, look uh, look side to side, and if you want, you could make your way toward uh, the jail cells of, of the Goholian army. Yeah, let's do it with as much uh, with as much kind of subtle movements as possible. I love it. And I think that's where we'll stop the session zero, actually, then. Cool. And uh, that's a great way to kind of pick up uh, with uh, meeting everyone else. Yeah, that's cool. So he's he's already kind of got a side story going on, right? Yeah, definitely. Yep. He's kind of got a side quest and, and <laughs> a little bit of motivation here. And uh, you, I love the character already. <laughs> he's charming and helpful but yeah i mean he got i I got very lucky with some of those roles (laughs) Uh, i'm I'm sure it won't always be that way but that was great a 20 a 22 a 19 and a 20 a hundred percent a hundred percent i love it i love it um great that's that's perfect uh cool 
I think, yeah, I think we'll wrap it up here then. Uh, it, and feel free to look through the character sheet. And if you have any questions or if you want to add anything or, and yeah, I think, yeah. Uh, if, if everything kind of makes sense, I think we're, I think we're good. Yeah. That was super, that was super fun, man. It was super fun. Um, and I like, uh, I like the way it's all, it's all kind of bottlenecking towards meeting my, my fellow adventurers, you know? Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. I love it. Perfect. Um, yeah. Cool. Andy. I am super excited. This is going to be super fun. <laughs> yeah. Same. Uh, it was great. It was great hanging out and, um, I'm sure we'll chat before Wednesday, but um, failing that, I'll uh, I'll see you on here on Wednesday. Beautiful, yeah. Email me with any questions you have, um, and uh, I'll see you then. Sounds good. See you, dude. All right, thanks, brother. Bye. I I th- I I think that you uh, kind of already have a gist <laughs> since we're basically producers on this thing. You get the gist of what's going on in the in the tone and and sort of we've played so much together. Uh, expectations from uh, all of us. So our session zero is going to be pretty quick, um, and mostly since I'm I'm get I'm sort of setting up um, that our, our our kickoff of the campaign is is uh, going to be kind of you as a catalyst. I'd like to know as much as I can, uh, kind of about your character and character backstory, and then uh, we'll probably narrate a little bit of story just to get you into the scenario that we'll find everyone in but yeah jail you mean jail, jail. <laughs> yeah um yeah so uh, you know we, we we talked a little bit about this and so i very much see mckeck and i've been designing mckeck as being a member of the community of burden uh-huh. um his family's probably lived in this area generally running the herbalist shop tumble downs flower crowns for generations um of the family uh you know personality trait wise he's very focused on he does what he thinks is right and that's what he orients to and that usually has a pretty strong ethic of care um of taking care of people of providing to the needy um but it's much more I would say interpersonally focused than politically. Mm-hmm. So perhaps alone among the characters, like he doesn't view the invasion of Gaholnia with much of anything. It's like, Not Oh, that he was like really a Wigmall's patriot or anything. <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. exactly. And that's like where, you know, you and I had tossed around some ideas of like, I don't want his parents to be super involved. Sure. I kind of don't want them to have been like, killed in the insurrection or anything yeah, yeah. because i'm like he doesn't resent goholnia that much yeah he just doesn't um he doesn't like the bad people in goholnia but he doesn't like the bad people in wig moles um yeah i kind of liked the idea of his parents have more or less gone along with the order of like oh report to goholnian occupation central hq um <laughs> yeah work with this, distribute supplies through the army because that fits what they view as the ethic of care. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're going to be able to provide supplies if they do that. So that's good. I could see that being where his parents are right now. Like they've okay. literally been asked to report to the Goholnian army as yeah. they're providing critical need services. Wow. I'm really putting this in COVID-19 terms. Um, <laughs> 
but like they are medical suppliers and that kind of now falls under the jurisdiction of the army. Yeah. Um, and in order to go along with that, because they've been given assurances that we'll also be able to provide medications to the people as we have been, they kind of went and did that. Um, and I kind of drew the distinguishing line between them and McKeck being McKeck finds the bowing to the new rulers an unnecessary step. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Like in his ethic, it's like, no, we care for the sick. Yeah. I don't give a damn about who tells me to go report to. We've never listened to them. So he's kind of just stuck in or not stuck, but like he's just stayed in burden. Yeah. Running the flower crown, the tumble downs flower crowns that's been there for a long time. Yeah. Whereas his parents are now maybe off on the coast or something, sort of at these headquarters talking about things. Like, and I think, you know, we, we've exchanged some notes on his backstory. Yeah. McKeck has been working on running the shop since he was 15. Right. Like, he became sort of an active manager of the shop at that point. So he's been doing this for a decade. He has the situation well in hand. So it would also make sense that he very much thinks in that, I need these herbs. Yeah. I need this. We need two days to turn this around. And then we need to send those out. And the other thing to to sort of set up that is compared to his parents who were much more uh, maybe a stereotypical, oh, we help the sick and we just help others. And that's all you do. That's their mm -hmm. ethic. That's their path. Um, McKeck was more influenced by his grandmother, his gammy, mm. who made the point of if someone is sick and can't pay, you heal them anyway. If someone is sick and can pay, you make damn sure they pay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Interesting. Because if they don't, other people don't get healed. Sure. Um, she was a bit more militant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She is also the one who taught him druidic abilities. Um, mm. Hers were a bit more destructively focused. Um, she was famous for having a hell of a temper, but that, that sort of worldview also is kind of what helps position him maybe more in the center of this mm -hmm. set of family positions. Solid. In in my mind, also, Gammy was a circle of wildfire druid, which hasn't been released yet, but is in like the Unearthed Arcana. She was very firepower focused. <laughs> Mikek is going to have a real good time with Elif. Like, nice. you remind me of my Gammy. And then the big thing, and the big thing that we wanted to talk about was uh, Mikek has a sister. Uh, and so his parents have two children. Mikek, who's the eldest, and um his sister three years younger than mckeck and is actually human um he while out one day when he was about 10 heard noises and basically just came back to his family carrying this seven-year-old girl covered in blood and was like this is my sister <laughs> And as his parents were like, well, but maybe we should inform the guards. Maybe we should. And very importantly, he like turned to her and was like, what is the healing you require? And she was like, a new family. It was like, our way is to heal. And basically just went and deposited her in a spare room and set it up as a bedroom while Gammy laughed her ass off at the fact that like <laughs> her, her son and 
his wife were just like, uh, the shit we do with this. Um, but they, <laughs> yeah. they, they, they adapted relatively quickly because it was like, okay, that's fair. She needed that. And so they certainly were a blended family, but they're a very happy family and have been for like the last 15 years. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. And then uh, last thing, uh, I don't even need to know this right now. Maybe even just think about it. What would McKeck do if he's pretty sure the Goholian army took her? I'm I'm guessing even if it's stubbornness or or uh, an unwillingness to not take like no for an answer, maybe is what ends up in you getting arrested. <laughs> so I can already even just say to you just for probably the scenario of how he gets arrested and you can ponder this around in your mind and how it hooks in. Okay. Yeah. I kind of just picture him once like a couple of days have gone by and he's now like, okay, it's not like she's gone out for supplies and it's taken a little too long. Not that she'd said it. And it would be weird for her to just leave without telling him they're quite close. Right. But like, okay, she's missing. I'm pretty sure the, the Goholnians had something to do with it. He probably literally walked up to the gates of this, knocked on the doors, and was like, I think you have my sister. (laughs) I'd like my sister back now. I'd like my sister back now. And then basically did that until people came out and attacked him, dropped into his shell. They wandered away. He sort of like poked his head out. Come back up. I'd like my sister back now. Nice. not going away and then eventually yeah. they probably just like a squad of them fucking dragged him inside to put him in jail because it was yeah. easier than leaving him out in front of the front gate shouting that he wanted his sister i love it thanks so much yeah that's perfect that gives yeah. me exactly cool. uh what i needed from all that and um yeah thanks so much i'll cool. talk to you later yeah talk to you later man cool all right um Adam and Lena, you're going to do our session zero here. Uh, it should be fun. should be a good time. Uh, you are uh, professional D&D players at this point, so I don't think we need to kind of go over how to play or, or anything like that. Um, but in a session zero, is always kind of good to um, just kind of talk about expectations in general and theme and tone and that sort of thing. Um, so if you have any specific questions, that's totally fine. And, and it's a little weird because we've talked about this quite at length <laughs> because we are producing basically a D&D show. So we've already talked a lot about sort of theme and stuff that normally goes into a session zero. Um, but just kind of a reminder, it's it's sort of high fantasy, uh, no horror, um, not a gritty realism, Um but you know there there might be uh some scary moments or intense moments or or uh hilarious moments um it's it's a little bit probably lord of the rings uh in 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 sort of grand fun scale um i've never seen that what is you've never seen lord of the rings uh i've even heard about <laughs> okay well <laughs> kidding everybody we're and kidding <laughs> <laughs> we just lost half our audience. There <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, Fuck these people. <laughs> um, and we're starting in a town. Uh, in session one, I'll, I'll kind of really get into a description of the town. But 
This is a town called Burden, and it is dirty and muddy, and has now even been more so uh, since the occupation of the Gaholnian army um, that has basically just kind of taken over any rule of law in town. That's that's kind of our general sort of setting and whatnot. Uh, you two have uh, really fun characters already um, that are going to have a little bit of a history. So I kind of wanted to do a session zero with both of you to just kind of get that sort of immediate uh, kind of chemistry connection between the characters going. Um, I think that'd be helpful. Andy, uh, some of that, I mean, you mentioned the history that we kind of have. Will you kind of bake that into uh, this session for us so that we're kind of all on the same page? Or should we kind of uh, review some of that out of character right. right now? That would be great. That'd be great because I, I, the, yeah, I think when we start to kind of act it out proper, I, th I think a lot of that history will be known by the characters, but probably not be expressed by them a ton. So a little bit of metagame to talk about that is totally cool now. Um, cool. So, so, I mean, one thing that uh, Andy and I had kind of discussed, I think, last night a little bit when we were sort of planning my character a little bit more um, is, so yeah, Connie was the sheriff, quote unquote, of Burden for about 10 years up until two years ago. And during that time, I think that he was sheriff. Lena, um, I think what what Andy and I like is that Connie was always trying to catch you for kind of all the chaotic kind of things that you did that would often maybe kind of uh, subvert or sabotage some like maybe some criminal kind of corrupt dealings that Connie had an interest in. Um, he always wanted to catch you, but he never could. You were, you were always too like sly for him, too slippery. Um, and then, and then he was ousted as sheriff by somebody who kind of wanted to make burden, maybe just a little bit better of a place, whatever that means. And I, and Andy, does it still sound good to you that maybe my successor kind of who I already resented for <laughs> ousting me, um, that he actually was able to capture Elif fairly recently? Yes. And then Elif was able to either escape or was let go when, when sort of the Goholian army took control of the law of the land. Do either of those... Uh, ring better for you, Lena? Um, I think more of an escape artist. Yeah, or... I think escaped with with the help of um her her um her family, family some of criminals. the which are you know yeah. actually family and some are just are criminals she grew up with. Beautiful. Okay, so there was kind of a jailbreak with you already. Yeah. Interesting. I like that. Nice. And Lena, hopefully that like my deciding that I could never catch you. Hopefully that's not an imposition on your character. Like, I don't know if you thought. That. No. Yeah. That sounds really good. That sounds, I hadn't been able to think of like specific, like um, instances we would have interacted. And I didn't realize that Connie was like a bad sheriff, not like a, 
like not like a legit sheriff, but like a corrupt one, and that right. totally fits then that Elif would constantly be screwing with him exactly. and screwing up his stuff. So yeah, that's really is, great, which is awesome. And I, and I I I don't really know exactly what corrupt stuff Connie got up to. I, I'm kind of comfortable that kind of just kind of being improvised or emerging or kind of coming up with that on the spot. But whatever it was, like there were definitely like you were kind of maybe the the one person who. It most kind of stuck in his in his maw that he couldn't catch. Is that the right phrase? Stuck in his maw? I think so. Stuck in his craw? What's a craw? I, I don't... I think it is craw, maybe, but I don't know what a craw is. But for a bugbear, it's probably more like a maw. Yeah, bugbears have maws, not craws. So. <laughs> this is already off to a good start. Yeah, cool. Beautiful. Yeah, no, I think that's... Yeah, I think that's a, a a good bit of history in there and as as the game progresses through the you know couple weeks that we're playing if you think of like some more specifics or if you come up with specifics in the past um and and it just sort of comes to you as improv i'm totally fine with that um that's kind of between the two of you i'll sort of leave that too cool yeah if you improv something, I'll totally roll with it, Adam. Like, so. Cool. Nice. Yeah, we can just do whatever. Sounds good. Lovely. Lovely. And likewise, like, come up with anything you want for, like, times that you f- fucked up Connie's plans, and I will roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Um, and yeah, any other sort of character questions or, or questions of, of your place sort of in the town? I have questions about the setting, but I assume we're yeah. kind of go, going to go over that when we start actually jumping into the role play. Um, yeah, a, a bit. Uh, we'll describe the setting a lot more, like in proper session one, just to kind of okay get everyone on the same page, kind of at the same time, and and really get into it. So if you have specific things uh, or things you'd like to add, I guess just like mostly, like I want to know, like how big is Burden, and where are we located? Sure. Like why? Why did Galhonia take take over Burden? Although I guess maybe, like I know there's a war, but I guess maybe that will be covered more in session one. Yeah, generally, yeah, it's uh, so far kind of loosely what you know. Burden is is one of these sort of borderish towns on the border of Wigmals and and uh, Galhonia, um, and it was kind of one of the first things taken as the advanced army came into Wigmals. Um, so you you've. And there wasn't a lot like there wasn't actually like a battle or a big fight here. It was sort of just occupied and anyone who was law or seemed to be resistance was just immediately sort of done with. Um, so there's there's this sort of authority threat of authority over the town. Um, it, it's a pretty small town, um, but but it's it's got like 200 ish some people. Uh, and it's mostly a town for like meant to resupply caravans who are trading in other bigger towns, if that kind of makes sense. It sort of sits along a trade route. Yeah, that all makes sense. And and yeah, you guys mostly sort of uh, there. There's like a lot of carts and a lot of livestock <laughs> available for passerby, but you're mostly kind of that resupply area. No one really stays in Burden. Or does a lot of business in Burden if they don't have to. A bit of a forgotten kind of town. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. And dirty. Dirty. Dirty, dirty. 
Yeah. Great. <laughs> cool. All right. Um, if that's sort of the the end of sort of specific character stuff, we can kind of jump into a little bit of role play. Yeah, um, sounds good to me. Cool. Just to kind of get a sense of where then you're you're gonna start session one proper. It's actually a pretty nice day for burden. <laughs> yes, there's still you know large amounts of cloud cover, but it's not the type of wind that is just piercing to your bones. You know, there might even be a tiny bit of rain, but it's not the type of rain that soaks you through and through. So overall, it's actually not too bad. And Connie, you are posted outside of the One-Eyed Beasts, um, the tavern in town. Full name, the One-Eyed Beast of Burden Tavern. And as you're sort of waiting there, um, <coughs> you're right. The One-Eyed Beasts of Burden. Yeah. Some things never change. <laughs> as you're waiting there, and, and you're kind of you got your duster kind of pulled up tight uh, against any any sprinkles in the, in the weather you're uh you put a cigarette in your mouth and you're patting yourself down trying to find your tinderbox and you're like oh shit yeah that's right i don't have my tinderbox and you're kind of thinking well shit what else can i get to light this thing and sort of a jovial looking halfling kind of wanders up to the front of the tavern and sees you patting yourself with a cigarette in your mouth and he quickly takes out a uh, a tinderbox and, and lights a uh, gets a, a matchstick going for you and kind of holds it up and he's quite short so you have to uh. in your seven foot eight frame and all the way down I'm gonna I'm gonna roll my eyes at a height that you probably can't even see <laughs> and grunt and lean down nice. to, to reach his tinderbox. Uh, he goes ahead and lights it for you and says something kind of like, hey, you know, there you go. <sighs> <laughs> nice little grunt of appreciation and, and he gives you a smile and, and puts away his tinderbox and heads on inside. Uh, inside the tavern. You don't think too much of it. Your eyes are focused more on the, the town itself then. And you have to wait there maybe another four or five minutes before uh, before you see your bounty. And you remember taking this bounty specifically not only because it's going to give you a bit of coin, it's going to give you a lot of coin if you can bring him in. But the bounty is specifically of one individual which you have never quite captured in all of your time as law in this town. You are no longer law in this town. But given this bounty, you might be able to uh, make a bit of coin if you bring this person in. That person, you see now their giant bushel of orange fiery red hair that honestly almost seems to glow a bit in the in the evening light 
you see them across town. You see them kind of making small talk with with a few of the members that uh, uh, of this sort of mob-like family <laughs> that you've come to know over the over the years. And at the moment that they sort of part ways for the evening, and this person is now walking down the street kind of alone, what is it you would like to do? She was talking to a, like some members of a mob family who that I that I know. Am I in good terms with them? Uh, you know them as she's in good terms with them. <laughs> you oh. not so much. Yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, that tracks. Yeah, this is a, a group that is often found around Elif. Your bounty. God damn it! God damn it! But for now. She actually seems to be kind of walking almost in your direction, uh, saying goodnight to the to the others. Cool. I will um, quickly kind of shake off the the thoughts that I've been having about my missing tinderbox that the army took from me. I think, right? <laughs> is that is that is that canon? Yeah. yeah. Um, and I will try to position myself stealthily. I'm going to try to get a track, like get a read on which direction she's kind of ultimately headed in? Like, do I know where yeah. she lives here in town? Uh, honestly, no. <laughs> you don't. That's always kind of been a mystery. But it sort of appears like she might be heading toward the tavern. Okay. Then I would like to uh, position myself kind of maybe around the corner of the tavern here to be out of sight um, of her. Sure. But so I can get kind of a as good a vantage point as possible on where she might be heading as she comes my direction. Okay. Give me a stealth check. And Elif, why don't you give me a perception check? As most of the time in Burden, you do kind of watch your back. Oh my god. Well, I didn't roll very well, but you rolled worse. I crit failed my stealth check, Andy. <laughs> First roll of the campaign for Connie Demure is a, it's, it's, is a failure. You're not a you're not a halfling anymore. <laughs> I'm so, I'm not a halfling. I'm so distracted by the tinderbox situation. Frankly, yeah, you actually are like you haven't seen. Yeah, so to be clear, yeah, we'll put this in perspective. You you've been looking for Elif for a while. The fact that she's just in the middle of town <laughs> and she happens to be alone. You you fumble with your lit cigarette. You try to put it out real quick to be more stealthy. You dash around the corner of this building um, without looking uh, where you're going. And you just slam into a few crates, <laughs> uh, knocking a few things over. You look back over your shoulder <laughs> And Elif is in the middle of the street, <laughs> just staring at this l- giant lump of a creature, <laughs> trying to hide around the corner here. Uh, I'm gonna... Elif, yeah, please, if you would like to do something specific here. You know that this person has also been looking for you for a long time. I'm not going to come any closer, but I'm going to call out to him. Hey, big bad, bad man. What are you doing? You you look like you look like you're um <laughs> uh, drunk. I don't know <laughs> what the hell. Is oh. you? Like I know you lost your job, but 
This is pretty pathetic. God damn it. <laughs> um, Connie's just grumbling to himself. Um, so as far as I know, she might not know that I have a bounty on her. Maybe. Maybe. You've not actually been super secret about it <laughs> because you started to <laughs> desperate and more desperate as the days went on. Okay, so... It's possible. You brought up you brought up the desperation. I am wondering if I could appeal to you and to my my ear to the ground uh, feature as an urban bounty hunter. It's my background. Okay. All right. Um, that like so it it's it's it reads as you are in frequent contact with people in a segment of society that your chosen quarries move through. These people might be associated with the criminal underworld, the rough and tumble folk of the streets, or members of high society. This connection comes in the form of a contact in any city you visit, a person who provides information about the people and places of the local area. Yeah. Is it possible? I mean, oh, yeah, I guess that's just just kind of information, huh? Right. I don't know how this could help me in this moment. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> I was hoping that I could just say, like, Andy, ahead of time, I... I got one of these contacts to agree to help me, and they're going to jump out and tackle Aleph right now. That's kind of funny you should say that. Oh, really? Because as Elif is sort of giggling at your uh, uh, <laughs> terrible stealth skills at the moment, that perception check was not quite big enough to, uh, to perceive the others that are sneaking up behind her. Oh, shoot. You happen to see these individuals uh, sneakily um, sort of getting into position pretty close to her. Um, and you know them as rival bounty hunters. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Who okay. may, if you're not careful, steal this bounty away from you yet again. God damn it. All right. Uh, upon seeing that, Connie will spring to his feet, spring out of the bush, and g- give a desperate kind of gesture and look to to Elif, kind of indicating like there people right there behind you. Come with me. Like trying to communicate. Interesting. I, I will. I'll, I'm going to help you escape these <laughs> these bounty hunters. Um, so he, like, gestures to the people that are sneaking up on me? Sounded like it, yeah. Yes. Okay. But, but, subtly. (laughs) So that they don't see it, but you (laughs) can't. Okay, well, yeah, okay, well, (laughs) that's gonna require a roll, I think. Um, either, either stealth or sleight of hand, let's say. I'm gonna try my hand at stealth again, god damn it. (laughs) A two. a two, much better Good than a one. Lord, <laughs> that is that is a sticks in stuff. <laughs> you you stumble out of the broken crates and boxes. You have a giant bucket on your foot somehow <laughs> as you're clanking <laughs> into the street, <laughs> trying to be furtive in your in your gestures. Um, but it's certainly enough for everyone involved, it seems, to ex- to know exactly what you're what you're saying. So at this point, why don't we go ahead and roll initiative? 
Wow, I fumbled. Are we getting all of our bad rolls out before we start for real? Oh my god, we are gonna make the best team. Yeah, no joke, Dom. <laughs> his first roll was a crit hit. <laughs> wow. I just rolled He's a doing two. Better than us. Oh my god. Dom took all of your good rolls. Yeah. <laughs> his session zero. Oh, that's hilarious. Even. When I'm trying to play like a badass, confident character, <laughs> he has fucking box on his foot. Oh my god! <laughs> it's okay. Maybe they'll roll. Nah, they. are fine. Okay. <laughs> all right. We're uh... all right. Uh, so it it appears that uh there are other bounty hunters sneaking up on LF. Um. I think we're going to play this. One of them already got the jump on you, Elif. Um, They're going to go ahead and uh, throw a net at you. So I need you to make a dexterity saving throw to uh, try to weasel out of this to start with. Twelve? Twelve is just able to do this. Um, Barely with enough uh, warning um, from, from Connie, you're able to barely dodge this net. Um, and uh, the others are going to kind of rush in, though, at you. They're going to get a couple attacks. Oh, that's a crit miss on his part. Nice. He's going to go ahead and uh, accidentally hit his... Okay, he's going to swing at, at you just... And you duck out of the way of the scimitar as it goes right over your head, not even cutting any of your beautiful hair. And it, and then it just continues and slices into his friend here, um, who's now bleeding pretty profusely. Uh, and it appears the other two are um, getting their uh, crossbows ready. Uh, and the other one is rushing toward you, Connie. Um, and they're, yeah, they're trying to do this quickly. They're just rushing as, as much as they could. Uh, Connie, what would you like to do? Um, can I rush forward and like, I don't know if there's a way to do this mechanically, but like, I know this guy's coming at me, but like, I'm desperate to get Elif away from these other bounty hunters. Yeah. So I don't know if there's a way for me to like try to just what's the when you clothing clothes clothing line clothes line clothesline him <laughs> clothesline him to the ground just to kind of yeah I'll give you a yeah I'll give you a quick uh, grapple check with him. So contested athletics or strength. Oh Jesus. Are you kidding me? Sorry. <laughs> they, they rolled, oh. they rolled a you crit hit. hit a strength check? Yeah. And so, you rolled an eight. And you rolled an eight, yeah. So as you're trying to just bully past them uh, and clothesline them, um, you are so tall, he kind of barely has to duck, and he just takes your arm... Uh, and kind of swings it around so it, it's now behind your back and, and he's pulling up on it a little bit. Um, if you want to try to move still, do you have any movement left? 
Or do you want to just uh, deal with this guy? I'm trying to decide at what point Connie would be entering a rage. <laughs> because, yeah. I mean, if we could say that, he, I, I think at this point he's definitely entering a rage. Okay, if you if you wanted to do that on the way, I'll give you in, well the advantage on the strength check. I'll give you advantage on that, yeah. Like if if like the moment that he does that and like he, f- yeah, but it's still going up against his <laughs> his crit hit. Yeah, right? your your strength is pretty good. You can get higher than a twenty. All right, I'm entering a rage because I still have this box on my foot, <laughs> yeah. and this guy resisted my first uh, attempt to grapple him. So I'm gonna try strength again. I'm not playing a barbarian, right? I don't think. You're doing great. You're doing great. Oh. It's a seven instead of an eight. Andy. (laughs) You you go into a rage, and as you're doing this, your arm is now thrust up behind your back, uh, and this bandit is just giggling and laughing at you. Okay. All right. That's fine. I, I took some for the first part of my movement I've entered a rage as a bonus action are, what are what are you counting the grap the grapple attempt as are you kind of gifting that to me uh that was an action fuck so, yeah. <laughs> um so I can't attack you could maybe drag him a little further if you had yep, I'm I'm gonna keep on moving like I wanted to grapple him as I gotcha. passed yeah but just because I couldn't like do that to him or level him to the ground I'm still moving I'm okay. dragging it behind me. All right. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll give you the drag behind because you are a very powerful beast here. Um, and that's probably about as far as you can get. Yeah, that's my speed is 30 yeah. feet. Yeah. Beautiful. <laughs> right. Yeah, he's, he's holding on to the back of your arm, kind of where it is, but he's not able to really... He's like on his tippy toes, basically, <laughs> barely touching the ground. So it's, it's going to take a little bit more to, to actually uh, subdue you, of course. But they're certainly going to try. Um, so a couple scimitars at uh, you, Elif. Uh, 17 hits. The 10 probably does not. Does it? No, it does not. So um, three. No. Sorry, I forgot Elif was me. I'll, Elf, I'll learn yeah. my character name. It's all good. So three damage from a scimitar. Uh, the bandit's going to try to um, actually uh, subdue you here. So give me another strength check, Connie. Oh my god. That's an 11. All right. Uh, so he pulls your arm up even further and you have to kind of go down to one. Wait, I'm still in a rage, so I still have advantage. Oh, you right? do have advantage. Yeah, yeah you do have advantage. Let's see if any of these rolls. A 12, 12 is better, but not quite enough. <laughs> he's, he's able to now kind of thrust you down uh, onto the ground. And uh, Elif, uh, you see this hulking big brute uh, being taken down by these bandits. Uh, we're not sh- you're not sure if he's going to have a going to be a lot of help here. Uh, <laughs> The other one comes over, uh, wraps the net around you, <laughs> Connie, as you are going to uh, just kind of automatically fail that. Then, awesome. And 
uh, Elif, uh, the one with the crossbow in the back now, is uh, is is yelling at you to to uh, don't do anything crazy. Don't do anything crazy. You're gonna get killed here. Just uh, submit. Come with us. We'll make a pretty penny off of you. And uh, Kami, it's your turn. What is my status? I'm grappled or on the ground or. You are restrained, yeah. I am restrained. Yeah, so all you can do technically is try to get out of that restraint. I will try to do that. Is this a strength check? Yep, strength check. Against the incredibly strong, evidently, bandit. (laughs) A nine, and he rolled a three. Yeah! Uh, So you're able to just stand up. Um, you are still in the net, uh, so you do need to make one more strength check to try to get out of that, too. <laughs> a five. Not quite enough. You can you can move under the net, because you're so tall, it doesn't quite touch the ground. Um, but you're going to have a hard time fighting much right now. All right. And what is happening with, with Elif right now? Uh, she's got two right next to her with swords drawn, another one yelling at her with a, a crossbow telling her to submit. Can I just hurl my netted body at this guy? <laughs> yeah. Just like yeah, in a blind rage, just, I'm just yeah. gonna uh, just run into just him. Gonna knock him yeah. to the ground, yep. Yeah, give me one more strength check to see if uh, you can kind of push him out of the way here. <laughs> a 22. There you go. That bashes him uh, backward, and you kind of come into that spot. Again, tr- feverishly trying to get this net off of you at yeah. this time. <laughs> and in this moment, like, I just... I am... Like, Connie is so filled with rage, and, he's, and he looks yeah. back and forth between... Like the the rival bounty hunter that he just kind of pushed out of the way, and Elif, and he doesn't even know who he's more angry at right now. <laughs> Finally, Elif. Uh, sorry about that crit miss on the initiative. It is now your turn. Okay, so I have two questions. One of which you're probably gonna say no to, but since I have um. I have the Eldritch Invocation Armor of Shadows, which allows you to cast Mage Armor on yourself at will. I know generally the rule in D&D is, is you can cast one spell per turn, but since it's at will, can I cast that and another spell? Oh, definitely not. <laughs> no, That's no, what no, I no. thought the answer oh, was going to be, but I figured oh, I'd try. <laughs> I Though it's at will... I'll say that this is probably a normal thing you cast every day. Oh, so can I say I have it up? Yes, it's probably getting toward the end of it, because it's getting toward evening, but you probably already have it up, let's say. Okay, it wouldn't have actually saved me any of the damage, it only gets me up to 15, but okay. that's Still, good to know. Yeah. We'll say that. Because um, there's really no reason not to at this point, especially if you're in a town like Burden. You could be a right, t- and like I would basically the Yeah. And then the other question I have is, am I familiar with this part of town? Do I know, like, if I ducked into any of these buildings, would I find people willing to help? Uh, closest one would be maybe uh, sometimes the tavern, but the tavern is also frequented by guards a lot of time. 
Um, oh, yes, that is yeah. yours. This uh, sort of to the south, this little little shack is uh, someone that you haven't wronged before. <laughs> someone yeah. like directly below us to the south. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um. Okay. So I'm going to grin really broadly at the one telling me to just give up and submit. Put my hands in the air. Yeah. And then cast Expeditious Retreat. Expeditious Retreat? I love it. Um, and so I'm going to disengage as an action. Wait. Yeah, yeah, that works with action economy. I forgot how the spell worked for a sec. When you cast the spell, and then as a bonus action on each of your turns until the spell ends, you can take the dash action. So I can take the dash action. Wait, but the dash action is still a bone, is still an... Andy, explain this spell to me. Yeah. The spell allows you to move at an incredible pace. You cast a spell, and then this bonus, uh, and then as a bonus action on each of your turns, until the spell ends, you can take the dash action. Okay. Uh, is it, it is itself a bonus action to cast. But it says when you cast the spell, you can take the dash action, which has become a bone. So I can dash and disengage, or is it count as an action on the first turn and for subsequent turns, dashing is a bonus action? No, I'm sorry. Yeah. So the casting of the spell will give you the dash action, which means you could use your action to disengage. Okay. And the dash is your bonus here still. Cool. Yeah. Or so the I'm dash gonna, is part of the spell. Yeah. I'm going to disengage and dash away. And as I'm running, I'm going to shout at the one who is telling me to get down. Catch me if you can, fucker. <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, and where would you like to go? And I'm heading up there. That's as far as I can get with 60 feet of movement. Oh, Jesus. Okay. okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, very good. <laughs> oh, no. Um, I would like you to make a wisdom saving throw for me, Elif. 21. 21. You feel that there is something magical attempting to uh, hold you as you are running in this direction. Um, wow, rude. And uh, you also see uh, several of the Gohonian guards then. Um, oh, jeez. Quite, uh, quite um, interested in w- what exactly is going on over here. Uh, and as you're running, they sort of yell at you to stop. Can I shout at them that there's... Um bandits down there attacking people? Or is that not something I can do on my turn anymore? Yeah, give me a persuasion check. It'll Because it's kind of a free action, it'll be a little harder, but give me that. Could I instead give you a deception check because I know these aren't bandits? <laughs> um, <laughs> and I have proficiency in deception. You're more trying to persuade them to action than you are to deceive them sort of away from something. <laughs> Think persuasion. Okay. Good, good, good asking though. It's always good. Well, whatever. It wouldn't have helped anyways because yeah, eight. An eight. All right. Uh, you do not think that they are interested uh, in that right now. Cool. Well, I stopped running because that's the end of my turn. Yeah. Uh, definitely one of the yeah bandits are, are attempting to kind of go around. They're not too worried about you right now, Connie. Adding insult to injury. <laughs> They're all just leaving you entirely oh, at peace. 
one of them does get in range of a of a crossbow. So he's gonna do that, you elf. Does a thirteen? Oh, it doesn't with your mage armor. No, because I mage armored. Yeah. Very nice. Very nice. Um, at this, the guards are going to uh, rush up to you. Um, <laughs> as uh, as they see all the bandits, sh- people shooting in town, um, they're immediately. Yeah, this is this is what they do. They just attack first. I've not done anything. I'm the one being attacked. This is why I'm trying to destroy the power structures in this town. Yeah, it's it's real bad. Uh, 18 and a 24. Oh man, yeah, those would both hit hardcore. For 13 damage, and I think that drops you unconscious. Yeah, I'm unconscious. Okay. Man. I was going to lead them on a merry chase all through the town, going 120 <laughs> feet every round, and they've it. <laughs> um, Kami, as you, uh, as you, <laughs> as you finally get free of the net, <laughs> you are surrounded then by the town guard, um, who also look to then have LF. Uh, in their clutches. Um, the other bandits have uh, fucked all the way off. And now um, a large amount of the town guard is staring at you. <laughs> Do I get the sense that they <laughs> are coming for me? <laughs> or that I or that I could like Do they think I'm just kind of a bystander? Uh, you're not sure exactly. Uh, one of them, one of them walks uh, pretty close to you and uh, uh, and says, "Are you a part of this mess? What is your dealing here?" So we will have order. Yeah. So Connie in order. This... <laughs> okay. Can I talk, talk through Connie's mindset right now? Like he's he's still enraged, he's fuming, he's still got this goddamn crate on his foot. (laughs) (laughs) And in this moment, I feel like Connie might be doing some kind of rough calculations in his head. Gotcha. That if he sees that they have Elif in custody. And based on Connie's kind of relationship, which is a bad one, with the army and maybe past experiences with them, like Connie has no reason to expect that if he explained to them, like, I'm a bounty hunter, she's my bounty, like, that's not gonna fly, right? No, that would be a power structure outside of their control. Yeah. You think that's very bad. Yeah. So Connie is, is is going through this in his head and he's so desperate to catch her that like, much like <laughs> I, I make so many Fargo references <laughs> in D&D, <laughs> much like in season one of Fargo when Martin Freeman in this moment just decides to like punch the cop in the face just so he can get a ride away from like the dangerous hitman. Connie will just be like, he's breathing heavily. He's furious. He looks around and like the guy who's saying like, we will have order. Connie just like 
pours all of his rage into just a punch in that guy's face because Connie thinks that the be- his best way to maybe catch Elif is to just go with her into prison, into jail. <laughs> you punch this knight, not simply a soldier, a knight. Please let me do a face. strength attack. Please let me do oh, something. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, dude, with advantage, a strength. please. Anything. With, yeah, 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 yeah. A 22. Oh. You Connie Im- needed this. Connie needed this bad. <laughs> you immediately lay out this night. And as soon as that happens, all of them <laughs> rush you. And I'm just grinning as they rush me. Like, I'm, I just yeah. barely get to, like, wipe some, like, drool from my face or something. Some sweat as they, yeah. like, just fucking come on to me. <laughs> so, Elif. As you, uh come to your vision is blurry you your head is splitting you first notice the searing pain from uh, stabs and arrows uh, all kind of all over your body and and you go to touch them but you've already been bandaged someone's taking care of you it's not it's not a great job they haven't done a great job but it's it's something and then you realize, as you are touching your your bandages here, you're also jingling. And you hold up your hands and you are manacled. And it's tied in the middle of your hands to a, a large chain that is slipping down onto the floor. And then slipping back up onto the bench next to you and connected to the manacles of a very, very large, very beaten up bugbear. (laughs) You are both in the same cell, uh, manacled together to each other. Is Connie already awake? Yes. Uh, A a big piece of meat that is now on your eye that they gave you. It's, it's, It's rotting a bit, the meat, but it is cool on your eye. Connie is, like, weirdly... I'm just deciding in this moment that he's like kind of singing. Nobody knows the bugbears I've seen. No. Hey, Big Bad. Nobody knows. Big Bad. <sighs> you look like you've seen better days. Um, what the what the fuck are we doing in here? I just got out of here. Well, we're back in, the two of us, thanks to you. Uh, excuse me? You could have done more than just flail about randomly running into people while you are covered in net. I was trying to get away. Excuse me, missy. I communicated to you very clearly with said flailings that you needed to look behind you and see that there were other bounty hunters about to tackle you. Yeah, and they didn't tackle me, right? I ran away. You got tackled and uh, netted and all of that good stuff. I ran away. Yeah, a lot of good it did, yeah. Well, you're here too. So, great. Just the company I wanted on my customary weekly visit to the jail. Well, the difference between you and me is, and the big kind of weird, ugly smile will come over Connie's face, I chose to be in here with you. Um, and Connie's gonna like, like 
pull the chain. Like he's he's still so angry. He's been waiting for her to wake up, and he's gonna try to like like pull it and like smash her onto the ground. <laughs> yeah, the the chain itself is kind of looped around a a a, a large iron sort of hook. <laughs> in the ground. Okay. So when you pull right. the chain, it, it does jerk you down to the ground almost, Elif. Uh but as as that happens, you're you're able to keep yourself from hitting your head or anything like that. Um you look over to the other side of the cell and oddly enough, what you thought was a giant rock now has a head protruding from it. And that head is has a nice little crown of flowers on it. That's odd. And I think that's where we're going to stop for session zero tonight. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. That was brilliant. <laughs> this is all so good. I have never had a D&D session where I rolled as poorly right? as I did tonight. Hopefully you got it all out for for session one when, you know, there's higher stakes. <laughs> No, I think this is Adam. Adam has rolled so many crit misses over the years, but he's mostly been a halfling. Right, <laughs> yeah, so, so it saves him. Mitigated that. <laughs> uh, well done. Yeah, that's perfect. You guys set up a good relationship already. You have motivations. Um, yeah, awesome. maybe not nice motivations. No. Does Connie still have the box on his foot in the jail cell? <laughs> They wouldn't let him have that because that could be turned into like a weapon or something. Yeah, you do. You do. You have it on. They tried to get it off. I do you. have it. All right. Connie's going to be mindful of that. He has a plan with the box. Yes. And his plans have gone so well so far tonight. Right. <laughs> I love it so much. Um, Just for resource tracking purposes, was yes. I out long enough on top of being unconscious to have a short rest? You don't get any benefits of a rest when you're unconscious. But uh, maybe but I is, just also took a nap. Yeah, it is nighttime, and uh, maybe hopefully you'll get a you'll get a rest in before okay. the next time. Yeah. And did I get a long rest in? No. No rest no, for anybody. Yeah, it's only been a couple hours. And okay, so Connie, you probably were unconscious too. You just woke up before. Her. Oh yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. <laughs> oh, I love this all so much. Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I like our characters. This is going to be fun. This is going to be a really good time. All right. Um, and it seems maybe you met another character already. Or two. Did Do you think, did Connie see, like, that that Mikak popping his head out, that's not a surprise to Connie in this moment, maybe. Like, uh, he was awake maybe to see him before or not? I would say no, probably okay. McKeck didn't even introduce himself. If I if I guess McKeck right, <laughs> he probably just was chilling <laughs> in his shell for a long time and didn't quite even All right. you know make himself really known. That's awesome. Um, anyway, I love it. Yeah, uh, very good. Uh, if you guys have any questions on anything, please email me. Talk to me on Discord. All good. Uh, and I think we'll probably end there. Awesome. Cool. Yeah, fun times. All right. Whee!